You're listening to the Rat Podcast. Explore wealth. Different model, a different way, different way of doing business. Mm-hmm. Parts of the country, twenty-four seven, seven days a week. I was just done with the gurus. If somebody gives me thirty to fifty thousand dollars, that should be a lifetime relationship for Podcast Nation. Because if you give me that kind of money, I have an obligation, in my opinion, a responsibility to see you succeed. So yeah, not that much firing, but in Florida, you never know what. Yeah, oh, that's right. Now, what are you? Are you leaving? Are you? Are you moving, or just moving headquarters? You just got here. This is still going to be corporate headquarters from a standpoint of like longevity. Like we have eight managers here, right? Um, But then you live here, and I live here. But I'll be. But but I'm moving moving to Florida. You're moving. That's what I. So 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 Amy and I, um, both my partner, she lives in Tampa already. Right. So we have. You I know, mentioned her in the report. Yeah, and so we have 30, 20 plus people. Let's see, 13, 5, 15, like 29 people that work in Florida. So it's a pretty, it's kind of like we've had two corporate headquarters for a long time. Yeah, so right. she more That's runs the. spreads it out, make, it makes it easier. I mean, she runs our phone room. So our consulting team, our, our sales team, that's what she runs and that's manages. Cool. And that's the primary thing that runs out of Florida. So it just will be nice for me because. I'll be able to go into an office every day without 7,000 interruptions. But, <laughs> but these are all necessary interruptions, though. So. Well, you got to build a studio over there, too, if you're going to keep doing the podcast. Yeah. Trying to convince this guy to move. He's like, don't put me on the spot. <laughs> He's like, you can make things awkward. You got to make it worth his while, you know? <laughs> it could be worse places to go than Florida. Is it Tampa? Yeah. yeah. He's, he's worth everything. They got a so. good football team there. Should we start? So you want me just to like Whatever. like like you're on my show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right, cool. However you want to do right. it, bro. All right, so I'll just start now. So, uh, how you doing? I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I guess we're uh, this is this is weird for me because um, this is a I'm in an unusual setting here. I'm at I'm, I'm in your house. Yeah. So and you are Dutch Mendenhall. Nice, nice to have you on the show. Yeah. Thank you. We, uh, fellow Renaissance man, real estate entrepreneur, and uh, we're going to get into all that. Same, man of the same cloth. Right? Yes, exactly. And I almost wore that jacket today, too, Did so you? I'm glad you <laughs> So, um, real quick, what camera am I supposed to look at? That one. Am I actually supposed to look at that camera? This is directly on your face. This right here is the middle, the middle but, one. But this, I'll have no eye contact if I'm looking at him. Yeah, if you look at him, that's fine. That's fine. You guys but but it's our have, money shot right here. But we'll have zero eye contact for me. You don't have to look at the audience. Concentrate on each other's conversation. Okay, good, good. The way we're capturing it, it's going to make you look. We're shooting in a direction. And you can leave all this in, too. People will enjoy it. I would like you to leave that in. Okay. <laughs> just, I just want to be sure. behind the scenes. Like, I like stuff, to be man. respectful to the, to like the audience, right? Especially so. because it's my podcast, right? but it's your studio. So right. that's what I like. You know? Well, it was kind of cool. I might have to because, come in here all the time for to do this. Right? <laughs> well, because like when we got on the phone with, um, uh, what is her name? Uh, Heather. Heather. Heather, right? Oh, no. You, you're talking about no, Kim. 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 We yes, got on the phone yes. with Kim. It was like, oh, you're only 20 minutes down the road. Usually, like, people are everywhere, right? So it was kind of yeah. cool. I was like, I, I thought, yeah, I, I was funny because I, that was uh, that was ironic because I I didn't know where you were and you know I I never I'm I, people find out where I live and they go where's that, 
you know, and then you're like, oh, uh, I'm in the Rancho Cucamayo, right up the street from my house. So. Well, you're in Norco, right? Yeah. So, so we, we literally just bought a house in Norco for, for the fund. Oh, right. Like, like, like three weeks ago. Yeah. So I'm like extra familiar with it. Right <laughs> so now. good. Well, you, then, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I, I bought it about 10 years ago. So you doing so well. things are going good for that. Yeah. I, was, I, I feel fortunate, but that's my only real estate that I have at the moment, but perhaps we'll, uh, we'll, uh, can you could convince me to do some more? <laughs> I mean, I'm always open, man. Like I'm a, I'm a real estate dog. So like, it, yeah. I see like deal. I see, like, I just want to dig in. Like you're, I, you're, you look at the world through the lens of real estate. I, do, I drive down the street and I see real estate. Right. Like, like I see, it's like, um, like the matrix movie, like with all the numbers and everything. Right, like that's I, what you see. I see, like, I see a building and like, I see math. Like I see cap rates and I see calculations. Right, and I, right. like, I like to estimate income and you're, you're the uh, the neo yeah. of uh, of I real estate. I'm go that far. I'm go. You but I like it. Saw that red pill of yeah. real estate. Like there's there's that's the name of the podcast, by the way. Oh, <laughs> that that'll be the name of this podcast. Mm-hmm. The red, the red, the pill. real estate red pill real with Dutchman and all. Well, better than the blue pill because I haven't had to do that yet. So. <laughs> Pretty lucky. Okay, good, good, good. Well, that's another like podcast. Older, right there. Coming, that's another podcast. Might come someday <laughs> as I get older. But yeah. now, how old are you now? Forty-two. Forty-two. You look young. Well, I, I like, I like like athletes, right? So, like, I believe in like like work performance. So, I do like a lot of health stuff. So, I believe right. like we have a health coach. And so her name's Maria Whalen. Give her a shout out, right? She's she's a beast. Like, like she's been with. She, me. Does she do personal training and, and no, diet, no, no, no. It's all diet. Like it's all diet. It's okay. all homeopathic, naturopathic. Oh, I got you. Um, you know, I haven't been done pharma since two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Um, nice. So like, no pills, no nothing. So it's I'm in a decade plus. So it's crazy. In two thousand ten, I was a thirty year old burnout. So I was like. Uh, hyper hypertension, high blood pressure. Um, I didn't feel like I looked good. Like my weight was getting up, right? right. And uh, you were working probably crazy and, hours. Yeah, I was working crazy. You're building your empire. Well, I, I was working crazy, but not. There was a time in my life where I worked even harder, right? It's like right. I used because I went that burnout cycle. Like so, as an athlete, I burned out, and then as a college baseball coach, I burned out, and like I just I realized I can't burn out. Like, what's the point? You burn out. What's what's the purpose? Yeah. And, and so my health wasn't where I wanted to be, but I had slowed down work-wise a little bit. And even even today, it's kind of like I work half-time, which 12 hours of the day. As an entrepreneur, do exactly. you work? But like, <laughs> but I don't work like, because I love what I do. It's not like an intense work it's all the time. what you do. A lot of days, I might not start till 9 o'clock in the morning. And then I know there's crazy people. I have a friend named Scott Myers. He starts at 4 a.m. every day. Like, like, Some people need, my, they my, love that. You know? I have an older brother named Brent. He's, it's like 4 a.m. It's like a clock, right? For me, I'm a night owl. I might still be awake at 4 a.m. Right. Like I got you. looking at numbers, yeah. right? Looking on, on real estate. Yeah, sometimes that 4 a.m. time is the quietest time to do stuff. I do that. No too. kids. Yeah, no kids. Either, no, yeah. <laughs> no wife at that time. No, yeah. no distractions no at all. Colleagues yeah. and team workers and yeah, uh, yeah. investors calling you. So, yeah, it's kind of, I get a lot done. I think I think some of my most productive times, which I've told, I've talked about this on the show, um, when we're really quiet, 
No other distractions. I mean, because it's so easy to get distracted by everything in the world. Your phone, I do deprivation tanks. Oh, you do? Okay. So now, my, let's talk about that. In a, well, I wanted, so my favorite. I heard that about you. My favorite deprivation tanks actually in Corona. It's right outside. Oh, the float? Float state. Yeah, that's float where state. I go. Do I, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I, that's float state. Yeah. That's it. I go to the one up in Pasadena too. But yeah, the float states. Do you do that it's one big salt bath, like the big, no, I like the, the big one, one or the little one? I like the one. small. So do I. I like, I like no one. sound, no noise. Yeah. That one's intense. Yeah. That Have one, you ever gone more than an hour? No. I've only gone like 45 minutes. I think I'm ready max. to go more than an hour. So I've done the, I've done the full hour, but I, I like, I'm ready to go for like two hours. Cause I like How often have, you do that? A couple, like two, three times a month. Yeah, I need to get back into that. I'd go, I, well, I go maybe once every eight weeks. You got to go more. Yeah. I know. Bro, I, I would more. like to have one in my house. Eventually, I think I'm going to try to get everything like that because then you could just actually I know I say that too but want. yeah but, but but there's something about going to the facility having them it's just like it. a break yeah it's like a, yeah that's how I the gym's like that for me too well it's just you there's know? so much clutter so you just clear it right and so it's like an all like it's a, purpose like a, built like an onion and you, you peel like you're peeling the onion you're peeling the onion but if you're at home there's parts of the onion that'll come back in, regardless of how mm. deprivation is. You're still gonna hear things. You're still gonna. Yeah. Well, you still, still know the that there's the your work is right. Yeah, yeah. You somebody's out yeah. there next to you know. Yeah. Yeah, but, I agree. That that's true. That that makes sense. But my wife and I go. She'll go with me. She'll oh, go. She she'll go do her own tank, and then nice. we'll afterwards we'll. Yeah, that's we'll a good facility. Stuff. I like that facility a lot. We'll give them a shout out, and we don't. Cool an, un, an unpaid sponsorship right there. Yeah, they're there cool we go. people. <laughs> so um, let's back up a little bit. Let's start. So the, I'll, I'll start by telling the story about how we got acquainted. So, mm -hmm. so everyone knows that my professional uh, life is I'm an, a, a newsletter writer, investment advisor, and I look at companies all the time, usually publicly traded companies. And I talk about stocks and which ones I like, why I like them, you know, when to buy them, when to sell them, what options to buy on those stocks, things like that. But every once in a while I get, I find good companies that are non-public, and that are doing something interesting. Either they come to my attention through a third party or through my publishers. In this case, it was through my publishers. And they brought me your company. Okay. And it's a very unique company. I want to talk about it a lot. It, well, we're, we're crazy because we're public but non-traded. So we're like the super hybrid. Right. You're yeah, yeah you're a pub you're public non-traded. Non-traded, yeah. So I wasn't sure if that was if you're a private non-traded or public non-traded. Public, public non-traded. Okay. What's it, the difference for people so, that don't know? Well, public means you have to it means you can publicly advertise to bring in investment capital, right? Okay. And we have to go through like SEC qualification. We have to go through auditors. We have to have. Yeah, I was knee deep in your. I was knee deep in your uh, SEC yeah, filing the other yeah. day. So we have to go through all the the, the rigmarole, right? For the, for the beautiful, amazing people at the SEC, <laughs> like we love working with you guys. And the easier it goes, the easier it goes. Yes, exactly. Um, but yeah, <laughs> so we have, we have to go through it, right? And yeah. and you know we we take it really seriously, um, making sure because I think. Investor protections are investor protections for a reason. And internally, like, I know things that I want our people to know. But there's a reason why there's rules, regulations. There's a reason why there's yeah. auditors. There's a reason. So there's, those things, you know, for us are really important. But I also wanted to separate ourselves from all the competition that you hear out there. Like, you know, your brother-in-law who's going to go invest in his first property, right? 
is different than a hundred million dollar you know portfolio that has an SEC read as a part of it right. and is qualified and been through like the, the the night and day difference for me. And so I wanted to separate from competition, but I also wanted our investors to feel comfortable because I think that's stress. And have you heard like from the beginning, part of my thing is like, I like to eliminate stress right. from my life. It doesn't mean that I don't have stress in my life, but eliminating things that when they become non-factors for me, then frees up more mental space to do more things. Right. And so this is kind of like the same thing for our investors. Like when COVID hit, I did, you know, an SEC amendment to offer a guarantee for 2020. Yeah, 5%. And to me, that was huge because I just like wanted them to be comfortable because people were scared. Right. And and it was a scary time in, in, you know, what would you say from March to maybe July financially? Yeah. Four or five months. March, March started, like, I'd say, I would say like late February. Yeah. Read the, 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 the bottom was March 22nd, I think. And then after that, the Fed stepped in and kind of fixed things. But people were really worried about the market speech from for the next like several months after that. Especially that, and that's just the public, publicly traded stocks, and not to mention, you know, companies that like weren't publicly traded or that were doing something in, you know, in different markets. Like you're in the real estate market, um, the equity. Well, gave me it gave me a lot of flexibility that I think traded companies didn't have. Yes, because I could start making moves. So like in as early as like December, I started making moves. March, we we were already capitalizing on those, and by the time we were like May June, we'd already shifted our model tremendously mm-hmm. in like three to six months. Yeah, if you had a public chart, you couldn't have done that. No, because because they were facing, you know, unprecedented withdrawals they were facing. Mm-hmm. And so then they had to freeze and then they, they did all this stuff that we didn't have to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so let's, 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 um, let me, let me go back a little bit. Okay. So your company is called RAD Diversified Reed. Yep. Or I call it rad. I just call it rad. <laughs> so obviously, I'm sure you have that reason for that as well. But um, so you're a real estate investment trust, but you're not like a normal real estate investment trust mm-hmm. in the sense that, I mean, you're a pass through security, obviously, yes. like that's because that's what a read is. And for those of you who don't don't know, uh, uh, you can go to my website mm-hmm. and my my professional website, Jim Woods Investing, and you'll see about REITs and things things like that. But for I'm going to assume a knowledge of some certain things when, when we talk about these things, because it's important, I think, for people to understand, like, what you do is different than what most other REITs do. With most REITs, they, they buy, like, you know, uh, residential properties or medical properties or technology properties or, like, you know, cell towers and these different things. There's specialty REITs, and then there's, like, you know, Doomed for mall fa- REITs. Doomed for failure. Yeah. <laughs> well, they've been pretty successful during periods of inflation. I want to talk to you about that as well. I but, just mean if you only have – so if you're, like, my opinion is if you're a one-trick pony in real estate, you're not set up for change. Yeah. For, for change. Like, so I was meeting with our acquisitions teams today, and I'm talking to them specifically – about strategies I want them implementing right now that six months ago they weren't implementing. Right. It wasn't even a strategy. Like it wasn't even a part of the game. Right. It was, it was more square footage value add real estate that I saw make a lot of money in 2005, 2006. Right. That, that fit a hyperinflation correlation for, for real estate strategy right now. But if I was stuck just as a one trick pony, you couldn't make those changes. Like I look at office space, as a bloodbath coming. Right. 
And and so like for me, like I'm preparing now for where office. Well, I started preparing a year ago, but but preparing three for a year from now, two years from now for what's going to happen in the office space world. Right. Because what I know is that bloodbath is a tremendous opportunity for what's possible. What I'm talking about is there's millions and millions of square footage of office space that's paid for that's leased. Those leases are going to expire. Mm -hmm. Those landlords gonna are going to pick gonna those be, up at fire sales. Yeah, yeah, those landlords are going to be in a lot of trouble. You know, and and what a lot of people out there don't know though is like there's one thing about office REITs that are there, and I'm not going to like name specific REIT names, but I'm telling you right now, there's office REITs out there that are buying and selling from each other and pushing valuation. I'm telling you, like I, I've seen it in the marketplace. <laughs> a little internal uh, market manipulation there. But, a, but when those leases expire and they stop having cash flow, and that's going to show up on P&Ls in different ways, they're going to have to start selling at some point in time yeah, and at a discount. Yeah, because it, otherwise you're going to have like what they have in China, which is you know massive hundred story buildings that are completely. Well, insane. that was that whole thing. I mean, that's one of the things that I wrote about this in my newsletters. Uh, that whole Evergrande uh, blow up. Uh, and I knew that the Chinese government wouldn't like would backstop it because they always do. They know it's in their best interest not to or to, you know, to keep mm -hmm. everything solvent. So I figured they would do that. So I wasn't really worried about that. And from an investment standpoint, how it would affect the grander market. But you wouldn't want to be in Chinese real estate either. No. You know, so and they just built so much over the years and have so many like, yeah, we ghost went, buildings. We went there like in. Uh, my wife Did you do any business there? I So we have a lot of Chinese investors, which is interesting because they're Chinese Americans and, um, and Chinese Canadians. And it's interesting. We had a Chinese influencer who kind of fell in love with our, our REIT and just started sharing it on his, his like YouTube channels and different things. And so we just have like probably, you know, a few million dollars in investors from Chinese investors. So it's, it's fascinating. So we actually have sub docs translated into Chinese and nice. we have websites yeah. translated into Chinese. And it's interesting because I have a lot of um, dislike for the Chinese government. Right. And so I like I, I, I reach into this like middle zone, you know, with with being, you know, politically correct with it and stuff. But, you know, facts are they have a 2049 plan to overthrow capitalism. Right. And right. if you're not aware true, of yeah. what's going on in the world. Right. I mean, that's. It's a, it's a weird world we live in right now, man. Yeah, it's, you know, it was, somebody said this. And I'm not even a, I've never been a conspiracy, I've never been like a end of the times yeah, yeah. kind of dude, but like, man, this world's there's intense. some There's, it, it was funny, I heard somebody say this recently on another podcast I, I frequent, and the guy said, if you would have told me in 2014, you know, or 2015 that like in 2016, this person would be president and then we'd have a pandemic and we'd have like financial issues and we'd have like a polarized society worse than they've ever had and all this other craziness. You would have thought the person was just, you know, Crazy. making up some like bizarre, like, you know, you a dystopian scenario. Right? I mean, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty apolitical. Right. Uh, and like, like I don't, you know, Trump buy. That's one reason I like being non-traded. Neither one can affect my stock price. Yeah, that's right? that's true. That's and true. Like <laughs> what they say, like Bezos, Musk, like like he's crazy. You know what? Yeah, one tweet can move a market yeah. whatever way. You can't move. affect. But for me, like my wife and I were talking the other day, and I'm like, man, Biden hasn't even been president for a year yet. Like we've been through a lot. It's been a in lot in this eleven yeah. months. Just while he's been president, right. it's been a pretty insane year yeah right? it's been an like, insane year you know it's been an insane 
you know, last six years or so, it's been, I mean, some of these things, I mean, maybe it's just because we're biased because we're living right now. You know, if you look, if we would have lived in 1968, they had a, a bunch of, you know, weird, like, you know, social change at that time as well. And, you know, late 70s. But it's our, it's our life now. Right? It's, so, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. See, that, that's, we, we, we follow, we, and also people tend to like suffer from like a recency bias. Like, you know, we're living through it now. So if this is the worst time or whatever, this is, or it's the best time or whatever, this, that's because we're here. It's, our, our, it's our time. Our know? philosophy of like, Thrive during the bad times. Thrive during the ugly times, right? I'm, but in 18, 19, that's just a philosophy, yeah. right? Like you're doing business, you're operating, you're functioning. It's one of our philosophies, and we do things accordingly when it comes to business. But now it happened in 2020 with the pandemic, 2021 with inflation, right. 2022 hyperinflation, right? right? Now it's like we're living it. And it's I always say, for me, with our business, like there's, you know, you see like, the movies were like the lights go off in the city. Like, yeah. And like for red failure. Yeah. But for us, like as the lights are going off in different things in part of the world, I feel like, like with us, like, like our lights are coming on. It's like, like everything that happens is causing another light to come on. It's like, so, but that's interesting. It's just like, it's a reverse into my mind, but it's kind of like, I like that. I mean, that's you have, well, you have, you obviously have like an optimistic nature. When it comes to taking, I mean, and, and I, I'm similar to that because I always tell people this. I said like, Hey, it's easy to be optimistic when you plan for the worst. Well, that's true. And and also too, the other thing is like, I, I know I feel all these kind of questions. Like when I'm, when I, from my subscribers and they, you know, they say, you know, well, you know, what's going to happen when Biden, you know, starts raising taxes or what's going to happen when this happens or what's going to happen and that happens, you know, who, you know, like the world's going to end if Trump becomes president, you know, oh, the world's going to end if Obama becomes president. I've been hearing that since I was doing this professionally since like, you know, the late nineties. And I always tell people, if you make the right choices for the circumstances, it doesn't matter what goes on, mm-hmm. you know, because I mean, sure, there, was, there might be some difficult times that are dip more, you know, are more straining to, to navigate than other times, but you make the right choices as best you can and you're going to be fine. You know, you keep your, your eye on the prize as it were companies with earnings, companies that are, you know, doing well in the market, companies that are, you know, that, that are serving a, a proper niche. If you know what to look for, those companies are still going to be there. Like no matter what. I mean, in a way we went through about as big a financial meltdown. Yes. I mean, much bigger than the pandemic, which everybody thought, yeah, financially. No, right? pandemic was financially was was a breeze compared to yeah. you know the financial crisis. My, my thing is like, you just got to keep making right actions. Yeah, because you can't control anything else. You can't. That's exactly right. You can't control anything else. I mean, I believe in this compound. So we both understand compound interest. Right. Investors, you guys understand compound interest, but I look at so many things of life as a compound effect. Right. And so, like these cycles that we're running through everything's compounding because of technology, because of computers, because of the first compound effect, I think is history. And so when we started having recorded history, we started having the compound effect of passed on knowledge for so long. Passed on knowledge was just the word, right? Yeah. The verbal tradition, the oral tradition, but then it went from word to written and that accelerated the industrial revolution. It accelerated 
technology accelerated the renaissance accelerated so many things as a bit printed right painted became more and more formalized became more and more duplicated and and then you had typewriters yeah. then you had printing presses printing press was the number one probably the one of the most if not the most important and if you actually. look at each of those ability to record history and then capitalize on history you saw these accelerations and so computers just took it to a whole nother level because now you're not just compounding history you're compounding technology right and before you weren't really compounding technology you were just studying technology studying history but now the technology starts to stack and you see the compounding effect and so i think it's an interesting way of looking at it i think it's with money too it's it's like these cycles they're compounding and they're happening faster and faster right it's kind of like an inflation standpoint and i think right. it's the same thing with the market same thing with politics like everything starts to compound faster and faster and in the u.s we're more susceptible to it with every four years having a political turnover or every two years having political yeah. turnover than you are where they have you know a totalitarian state for with a hundred year plan or right yeah that, well, that's a, that is one thing that i think that is one big downside of our the way our system is structured you everybody is running immediately as soon as they get elected they're running for another term and so especially in congress they have that every two years they have to get a new have to secure their job and then in the senate is six years and it and the presidency is basically like i'm running and then i'm now i'm running again for the next time and then i'm you know and then and most <laughs> of the time that's why like i'm just trying to like survey the field like i just want to survey like like what are they gonna what are they doing what are they gonna, what's gonna happen what are they gonna do because yeah. then i can adjust accordingly like i knew like when trump's first executive orders was like you know a lot of people don't realize but it was loosening up lending and real estate related right. i yeah. knew i i looked at how that was gonna affect. that was a definitely a positive like yeah, for, 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 for real estate. For real estate, yeah. for sure. For the investor. For the homeowner, maybe not. Yeah. Because it prices causes prices to go up, right? That's true, yeah. But yeah. it is good for them. It's bad for them from a tax standpoint. It's good for them from a value, value yeah. standpoint, yeah. from yeah. a well, personal worth, wealth standpoint. Yeah, There's exactly. a yin and yang, right? Yeah, exactly. And like even with, like when Trump did that, that's a yin and yang. Like with Biden, you know, continuing with the foreclosure moratoriums as long as he has. Right. And continuing with the eviction moratoriums and, and different things, right? Like for me, there's just a yin and yang with it, right? I, I can't determine what those guys up there are gonna do. So for me, like, I just realized like with the foreclosure moratorium, like, you know, we have, you know, tons and tons of tenants. So it's like, how do I handle them? What do I do with them? How yeah, do, how do how you do we handle all that? How's that? We respect how, them. I, yeah. Respect them first over anything else. Just respect, same thing. It's like when I deal with investors, respect them, right? So what we did is we sent out, you know, a letter just saying, hey, we're aware of what's going on in the world. Um, you know, we want to, you know, work through this process with you. You approach it with compassion. Yeah. Call us, talk to us. We put people on That's payment good. plans. Um, we helped people with rental. So we did a really, a lot of work and I have to give Molly from our, our director of property, a lot of credit. She, um, really, you know, helped them with rental assistance, helped them That's with payment plans. And we even exchanged a mural for, uh, for rent. So there's a, so one of our houses has a big wall right next to it. Right. And so she painted a mural on the wall which is amazing one of the tenants you mean yeah. in exchange for rent yeah in exchange That's for awesome. rent yeah but it's just like you know like if you want to be a dick 
you're going to get dick results, right? If, if you want to be a yeah. jerk, right? If you want to, if you want to, that might be the best, most well said thing I've I heard mean, on this like, podcast. Like, just like, like people are right. People are. And I'm like, I don't get it. Like, I mean, it doesn't mean you can't, you don't have boundaries and strict rules. Right. Of course you got to, sometimes you just and there's have to not lay hard, down a, and there's hard know. lines. But when the, but when that's, a, but even when you're laying down a hard line, doesn't mean you can't do it with respect and dignity and appreciate. Like we have all the time. We have, you know, we buy a foreclosure. Right. And people can be mad. Like I didn't foreclose on you. The bank did or the government did. All I did was buy the property. Right. Here's what the parameters are. Right. I can, you can rent back from me. You can buy back from me. How you often can, does that happen where they rent back from you? Fairly often from foreclosures. I mean, cause we'll, we'll sell their finance it back to them. They don't even have to go get financing. Like right. we'll try and create a healthy relationship for people That's that are, I mean, their lives, I mean, what a foreclosure is most of the time, people don't understand, most people who've never been through it don't understand the psychology of a foreclosure. What a foreclosure is, is someone who's stuck in life. Very rarely is a foreclosure just because they couldn't financially afford it, right? And 08 was a whole different game because houses were way over leveraged. And so it was yeah, a different that was a, thing. That was a creation of the industry Yeah, itself, I mean, like almost, when I yeah. when you say my house is worth 400000 I have an $800,000 mortgage, you're a moron not to walk away from it, right? <laughs> so you should exactly, yeah. But in a traditional economy, a closure happens typically because somebody's gotten stuck. I use the, you know, a lot of people have been through grief before or they've been through like the pain of grief. And you know, like you think about the worst time in your life where you were grieving. It could be job loss, family member died, whatever. You kind of went into like this state of like where you weren't progressing, like you just kind of got stuck. And maybe yeah, it's easy to be emotionally stagnant yeah. when you're when you're when you're dealing with something. And sometimes like it could be months, sometimes it could be years that pass for people where like 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 they're not present in life. Right. And lots of times with foreclosure, it's addiction, it's mental health issues. Somebody's passed away, right? Um, you can go some of the other reasons, divorce and and you know, right, yeah. medical issues that lots of times, I'm not saying always, could be right? some of those things is like are compound on each other too. Nothing. At the same time, you know, and that's when you really have issues, you know, nothing's always right. It's like, like if, if you said, you know, the furthest form of the right is the proud boys and, 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 and Nazis and the furthest form of the left is, is Antifa and socialism <laughs> and communism. Right. Right. But the other, the other, you know, 90% of us are, somewhere way in between, yeah, right? Exactly. Like it's the same thing with foreclosures. You know, there's, there's, there's ranges in there, but right. you know, like anything in life, you can't say there's an always rule. Right. Well, that's interesting though, because like, um, I wondered how that was navigated by, by people. And I mean, I knew that people, I, I knew that the, the, I have many people that I know that are, that have, you know, properties like multiple properties, but they're not, they don't run a fund like you do, but they're, you know, they're independent real estate guys. They have you know, office properties and, you know, portfolio. They have their own small well, and portfolio. Some people, some people struggle because they, they don't, like, have the tools, right? They, they, I mean, yeah. our scale gives us tools. Like, I don't deal <laughs> with any. True, yeah. Like, I never have to deal with my problems. Like, Dutch doesn't have to deal with the rad problems. Like, like I, I problem solve a lot. But, like, let's just say, like, if it comes to real estate, you know, I have 11, 12 people inside the company I can talk to about the issues or challenge or we'll pull together a think tank or we'll go through like, how are we going to solve this or solution? And we'll take ideas. And like, it's the, you know, the hive mind is really powerful. It's the same thing like with our investor. So we have our inner circle is kind of like a tighter group within our whole REIT. So our REIT's close to 3000 investors. Okay. Our inner circle is about 200, you know, 
investors who've been with us a long time who have invested a significant amount of money with us and stuff. So like, like we do retreats with those guys a couple of times a year and it's like, you know, we bring up issues like this. We have one coming up in February. We're going to be talking about inflation and hyperinflation. We're going to be talking about, it's interesting, our survival project, which is one of our great investment return vehicles that we've, we've done. Yeah. I was with, looking at that and I wrote that, about that. And I, that came know, from an inner circle member. Interesting. The idea the concept, he said, Dutch, I invested in a, uh, penny stock one time and I made a 1500% right. return in it. And I said, well, that's not real estate. <laughs> he said, but what if it was, what would that look like? Right. And so when I started looking at ways to combine business and real estate is the only way to do that, you know, to accelerate, you know, income that way and right. stuff. And that's where the survival project came from was kind of that thinking from, from him, just, just him coming up. Yeah. I like idea. the numbers on that project because, you know, just so just, like so no one knows what we're talking about right now, but um, you have this problem, this, this, this project, it's, it's called the American survivalist project. Mm -hmm. And what it is, is, is I think you have over 2000 acres. Of land. Mm -hmm. okay. And well, there's you, some updates to that. So, okay. So we just, um, so we're over 20,000 acres of land for, for the survivalist project now. So you are. Okay. So one of our, I thought it was only 2000. So it was, it was. Okay. So one of our, one of our inner circle members owns 17,000 acres and he's made his 17,000 available. Is this, this is just something recently. This is just the last two weeks. Okay. So he made his 17,000 acres available for the survivalist project as well. Right. Okay, yeah. And so we've done a, a, a lease for the project from him with that. And then on top of that, we have another thousand acres in Georgia that we just put under contract. So, oh, so the nineteen thousand is guaranteed. The thousand yeah. we still have to close on, right. but when that we close on the thousand, we'll be over twenty thousand acres. And each one of those acres could conceivably be like leased, you know, leased out at like two hundred dollars a month. Yeah, is what you say. I mean, I know that yeah. there could be more and stuff. Yeah, but let's just say that's the minimum. And then, so at, at 2000 acres, that's like 4.8 million a year. Correct. You know, and that's, that's and what you, I, that's you, what I was writing go about. Back, go back and run that on a five. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to have to do that. I know. Like, 10 exactly. caps, 48 million. Yeah. There's so a good that, cost though, but still. Yeah, I understand. But do you, do you don't, but the original investment was only like though. 7 million. Yeah. So, you know, do the math there. That's pretty good cash flow. I, I said this to my wife one time about just about that deal. I was like, like, I'm good. But I'm not that good. <laughs> I was like, like, like in this situation, like I'm good, but God, you know, put his hands into this one. Like, hey, like, like there's a little the guardian angel was over there, there right? right? Like, and as like the seventeen thousand acres, right? Like that we have a you know yeah, that was an investor who already is, yeah. owned land who wanted it to be a part of the survivals project, right? And you know, he's not giving it to us, right? Of course, yeah. But but he's given us a long term lease you know where we're having to pay almost nothing as we build out the income and then we'll that's buy good. the land as it progresses but we'll be running similar kind of margins on the full the full game and so the yeah. the purpose is to have every region of america covered right, you know right. so yeah because they're in different spots and not just in one location interesting that's interesting yeah i might have to update that uh <laughs> that. i mean you can i mean it's, we'll see yeah i mean well for those that don't know um which is everybody i guess uh, I, I just did, I just wrote uh, a, a big, you know, multiple, like 15 page report on, on what 
you guys do. I don't even think I've ever even written 15 pages. That's what I do, man. <laughs> I mean, there's like, a lot of graphics though. Like so. our SEC qualifications, like 150 pages, but like I didn't write it. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, yeah. Right. Those lawyer attorneys did. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I wrote about it because I know that because I wanted it, it's intended for my my newsletter subscribers mm -hmm. to check out an opportunity that I think they might be interested in. So let's talk about that a little okay. bit. So um, what what you guys are doing, since you're not publicly traded, you do what's called a re regulation A cap plus, cap mm -hmm. plus capital raise. Mm -hmm. And and I, my, some of my subscribers have, have found out about what those are mm -hmm. from me in the past from different companies, um, not real estate, but like different, you know, different types of companies. And basically, it's a way for a, like a, a, a investor to get in early, before like a like a stock either goes public and before they issue an IPO that which might be the year or two or whatever, never down the line. But they're able to buy shares of the company. So what's crazy about what you're saying right there, right? I when I went to do a reggae, I didn't know nothing about the reggae industry. Right. I knew nothing about reggae pluses. I knew nothing about calling them pre-IPO, right? right? Like I knew nothing about. I just, it was like, here's the next. You'd heard of it, yeah, but not. Yeah. But for me, here's the, the next regulation, the next evolution of what right. I need to do for our investors, right? Because right. what I was getting hampered by is non-accredited investors who couldn't invest with us because right. of all the limitations yeah, that for, put out there for. For an accredited, accredited investor, you have to have a couple of hundred thousand dollars yeah. in income. You have to have a net worth of over like a million dollars. And that can't be like basically your house it has to be, you know, your stock portfolio, your other real estate holdings, things like that. And and so because it's hard we, to get, it's hard to have. Like not that many people could qualify, you know. And and like I wanted, you know, to grow and grow and scale what we were doing. But I also, so I just listened to like, like Dave Ramsey being interviewed by Ben Shapiro, right? right. Two nights ago. And, and I'm not like, no disrespect to Dave Ramsey at all, right? But I'm not in agreement with what he was sharing with people, right? And 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 for me, to build wealth, to build retirement, to to make money, is goes way beyond what was being being shared. And and I have different views on it. Maybe there's other right. there's different ways. Maybe there's to do a lot it. of different ways to approach these things. But I, I wanted think, our you know. voice, our message, our thought process on like, hey, here's how you accelerate money. Here's how you make right. your money work for you. Here's how you utilize the tax code correctly so that you're, you know, paying the amount the IRS is supposed to get, not what they get because you don't know right. what you're supposed to know, yes. right? Yeah. Here's and so here was my philosophies behind it. And here's, you know, and then like so when I first I watched Robert Kiyosaki commercial late night when I was in my long time my twenties, yeah. long time rich ago. Dad, PBS dad thing, yeah. PBS. And but then I went on this guru journey where I was learning about real estate. And it was just so much of it was bullshit. Like bullshit after bullshit after bullshit. And I don't even like cussing, but like just complete there's, BS. There's a lot of stuff out there that like, you know, as a, as a layman, because I, I know you know this about real estate because you did went through the, the fire on it. I know that about equities. I mean, I hear people talking about, oh, this is an undervalued asset that's so great. It's undervalued for a reason because the company's no good, you know. And I wanted our voice out there because I didn't want people to listen to what I'd either call false prophets or I'd called, you know, people that believe, you know, like if somebody ever says to me, I'm the only answer, you're, yeah, you know, there's something wrong, there's something wrong, yeah. there's something wrong with you. And, and <laughs> so like, I believe in the exploration of wealth 
and and I believe in other people's exploration of wealth, right? And you and I, like, I don't know, compared to you, equity stocks, I mean, there's like, you know, there's people out there that know crypto and there's people out there. Right. Like, I, I, I know real estate. Yeah. That's, yeah, you that, can't, that's my that's, thing. That's an important thing to understand. Like, I, I mean, you know, the whole concept of Renaissance man is to know a lot, a lot about a lot of things and, and try to do as much, try to live life as, as, a, mm-hmm. as intensely as you can in every moment. But you cannot be an expert at everything. And you need to know that about yourself. You need to know you do that whole stay in your lane thing. That's important, especially when you're making important decisions for other people or if it's your business. Because I don't know what you do other than, you know, like I don't know the details of how you do it. I know what you do, but I can't. I couldn't go out there and do it. I'll tell you everything you know? I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what I do. I tell people exactly how to like, how my thinking, why we're doing this, why we're doing I always doing that. laugh when people are like, you so- well, like, why do you share all of this? Like, why do you, I, I don't care. Like, I come from that abundance mentality. Like, first of all, as an individual, you can't compete. Yeah, there's no, you're not going to put a company together. Company. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I hope you do. Maybe, but it'll take you years and it'll take time. And then. And if they can do it, there's just means there's more room for everybody anyway. So. <laughs> and, I, and I get, you know, like the big billion dollar companies, they can't do what we do. Like they can't move. They're not flexible. They, yeah, can't. they don't have the flexibility. They're just the machine that we build is, is like we move. And, mm-hmm. and like I, that agile, you know, Dana White said it from the UFC is like when other people are shying away during the, he's like, I'm going to kill it. Like, yeah. like I'm going to run all over you. Like I have that mentality. Like I'm going to just do us right. and I'm going to run as far out in front of the race as I can run and run you know, as hard as our company's capable of and running. Because, and the reason you yeah. can do that though, is because you know exactly what you are and who you are. Yeah. That's like, important. Like we don't do, like, I'm, I'm not looking to invest in crypto anytime soon. I mean, I pay attention to what's going on of course, yeah. with crypto because it's very hot in this world, right? Yeah, metaverse. Not. Yeah. But what I'm looking yeah. at is land in metaverse. Right. Right. I'm, I'm looking at what we're specializing within that. I'm looking well, there's at a lot of, you know, like, those kind of things. The, there's a lot of opportunity in like, technology REITs mm-hmm. and properties that are designed to farm, you know, as a, as a, as a server farm or things Ooh, like that. We're headed there. So, yeah, there you go. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's a, but I believe in old school. So whatever new school I match with, like right now, like location, like we choose location using AI, using sophisticated rules, but I also believe in the old school instincts of, of what, you know, yeah. a city is right. Other side of the railroad tracks is actually true when it comes to real estate. You know, like there's school boundaries, there's, you know, there's uh, city limits, there's county lines, right? Other side of the, like if you learn cities, you learn values don't cross over certain boundaries. You learn that there's landmarks in different cities, you know, downtown, a stadium, a church, a school, a hospital, right? But then all of those give off, you know, valuation, what I call vibrations, but valuation, you know, from each of them and then where they intersect and they cross and how they work, right? And then there's like, you know, specific neighborhoods, like people think like here, like Bel Air, Beverly Hills, right? That kind of stuff, high end, but you also have, you know, Watts and Crenshaw and, you know, those, those are all different landmarks in themselves is because of their names and because they've created this demographic. And so like when you do property evaluation, right? Understanding the old school, because Zillow got killed with the new school. They had to give up their whole... I don't know if people know, people don't even know, but Zillow is a, the largest property, yeah, that, you know, yeah, real Zillow's estate AI right, right. thing that was out there, but they were trying to buy and sell based purely well, on that's, AI. Yeah, and that, it's a huge I, mistake. You know, that was interesting because I mean, that's, I wrote about that in my newsletters because Zillow was a good company until they started doing that. Yes. And then. And they're they probably be, going to be a good be, company well, in the they, future. They became a sell. 
Yeah. Because they, you knew right there that it was going to be like not something that they were going to. Well, get not a real estate company. It wasn't a real. They were trying to be a something they weren't. When you're evaluating REITs, and this is something for people really to pay attention to. When you evaluate a REIT, are they a real estate company? Are they a technology company? Right. Are they a capital raise, money raise company that finds a place to stick money in real estate? Those are different kinds of companies. And only by knowing the true nature behind like a real estate company can you under, can you understand that? Like I'll go, like some of our competitors, like I know who they're hiring, I know who they're firing, like I know what job postings they're doing, because I want to understand their yeah, companies. I know my competition, pulse, I know yeah. their websites, I know that like I know my competition. And and by knowing my competition, I know what their focus is. I know right. I know what they're gonna be buying. If they're hiring if they're hiring agricultural people, I know they're gonna be in the farm business in the future. If they're hiring, you know, um, tech specialists or yeah, it just depends on what it is. Property manager. Yeah. yeah like yeah. <laughs> but if everything's just, you know, tech if they're only hiring, you know, engineering tech people for, you know, online technology and computer technology, I know they're not a real real estate company. I see. If they're not hiring yeah. acquisitions and I wonder and if you could things, tell so. that from like if you if you if you saw that Zillow was trying to hire real estate. I know I didn't people. look back then. Yeah, know, I mean, the, I didn't either. Then, but like, I, I mean, I'm sure they, that was really their, bad. That was their dream, really, you know. <laughs> this is really bad, but I never really saw Zillow getting it. Yeah, they didn't get it. They, they, I mean, they're not. Well, our people know. are in the streets, so that's the yeah, things so like like, go, yeah. like our people know like so the the market they're they're they're, they're yeah. all they're like human Zillows. Yeah, well, like yeah, like <laughs> well, like my guys know in their marketplaces, like my my guys and gals, right? Make that clear. But they they know in their markets. They know, you know, what's their average home price. They know what's the dollar per square foot to build. They know a dollar per square to, to rebuild. They know like where's yeah. the value at. Like, cause well, see, that's, they that, live and breathe in their individual yeah. cities. Cause every city is different too. That's see, that's the important thing that, that that's in my, in my opinion, that's one of your main advantages because a lot of people want to, you know, be these, they see these TV shows where they're people are fixing things up. And they're cool. Yeah, they're cool shows. Mm-hmm. And, they, you know, they, they come in there with, the, with like, you know, we got, we got this budget. For Not renovation. real, but cool. Not, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, I'm not saying some of those people don't really do real estate, but the no, shows but themselves. I, the show, no, the, the show, the, the show yeah. itself is, is just is all concocted. Yeah. Just like the reality just like shows any show. are, are not reality. It's, it's just, not even a criti- they're just It's just a way it shows. is. Yeah. I know I have a friend that yeah. produces one of those shows. Not the real estate ones, but the like a, a, a kind of a family-oriented uh I had a friend uh, show. Had, they, they just it's like that's not real. I had a friend who has, had three sets of twins, and they were all within four years. And and he had a surrogate, and then while he had a surrogate, his wife got pregnant and had twins, and the surrogate had twins. It's crazy, right? <laughs> and they had a show, and they're like some of the most peaceful, happy, loving family you've ever seen in your life. Oh, yeah, and like the show, the they were up, fighting yeah. constantly, and I'm like, these people never fight. Like, yeah, I know. Well, they gotta they gotta wrap up the drama. That's just yeah. how. That's what people want. No, but I mean, some of these, some of these people watch some of these shows and they go, "Hey, I, I'm, I've got some, you know, handyman skills. I can go in there and I can flip this house, or I can do a fixer upper and this and that." And you know, maybe some of them can, but they can only do one at a time, and they're not like they're not really investing in real estate. They're basically just doing one project that they're hoping that they don't lose money on. Well, and if it's yeah. as a hobby, I'm yeah, all for fine. It. There's nothing right? wrong. It's kind of like. Yeah. I talked to one of my, my team members and I was like, dude, you got to stop watering grass, right? I was like, it's a minimum wage. 
like like you gotta stop watering grass and, and then we were talking about it and he's like well it brings me like zen peace of mind right. i said well then water grass till the day you die right yeah yeah and yeah. i was like because we we're talking about minimum wage labor versus right versus you know what Hiring he's, somebody what do he's whatever, doing every yeah. day and he's like it brings me this zen nature so if like going and yeah, doing that, that, that you can't put a value on that you know like we have a lot of our investors are real estate investors right it's really common for us to have real estate people yeah, they have doing several it. properties. Yeah, yeah. agents, that makes sense. brokers, yeah. investors who have portfolios or even, you know, well, like our Opportunity Zone fund is is for, right, people who have capital gains. So anybody who has capital gains, whether it's, you know, stock, crypto, but real estate specifically, but or sells a business, they can invest capital gains in Opportunity Zone fund and defer taxes for five right, years. Right. But then if they leave it in 10 years, after 10 years, they pay no taxes on the gains they made while in the Opportunity Zone fund, right? And so that fund has attracted seasoned yeah, that's, investors. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah, yeah. investors that know how to like minimize their tax yeah. footprint. Well, when I heard there was something where people didn't have to do 1031, I was pretty happy for them <laughs> yeah, because yeah. 1031 is a lot of work and it I freaks know, people out because they're under the gun and time frames and I, they start to get worried and yeah, they have to about. change that. They have to. They have to transfer one set of profits to another and they have to hope yeah. the company they're listening to is is got all the regulations and rules yeah, right yeah that's true yeah and yeah, there's a lot to it there's a lot more to it than a but i mean that one of the things i like about what you do is like there's no way that i personally could go in and, and renovate a house myself yeah i don't have the skills some people do have sort of the skills to do that and they have people that you know family whatever and like i said if it's a hobby then you know more power to you but don't think you're going to like get rich by flipping all these houses that you're just one person. Well, yeah. if I, if I invest in your fund and the rad diversified REIT, then I'm going to get your expertise and all the people in your team and all of the people that know exactly that we, how much to pay for something, how much is going to cost a rehab. And then you don't even sell it. You just, you collect the rents on it and pass them through to me. I mean, where's the downside on that? It's a win. You know, I mean, exactly. we're, we're closing in on, you know, between our different entities, we're closing in on 70, you know, full-time staff, you know, full, full, full employee. Yeah. How, 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 how am I going to compete, yeah. not compete, but and how then, am I going to equal the 70, you know, the 70 people and then just staff, there's just no way to do it. And it doesn't include our GCs, which there's, you know, like in Philly, we have, you know, 12 teams running at all times. So those are 12 different teams doing construction because we run that. Mm, okay. It runs separately. Yeah, how does a business like like walk walk me through a typical deal? Okay, um, that way it gives people a sense of like kind of what you do, like like because you guys look for tax lien and tax deed type properties. You go in there, you buy them usually for whatever the tax amount is on yeah. there, and then and how does that like do the math on that for me? How does that work? So there's a couple of different ways we acquire deeds and liens, being definitely being one of them. During when the pandemic hit hard, there was no auctions. Deeds and liens are typically auction bought assets. Um, so during that time, we shifted to a hardcore marketing strategy. So, you know, everything from, you know, Google advertising, billboards, buses. If you are seeing a billboard of like second home or we buy houses or whatever uh, else, yeah, right? Might have those those kind of things might be us, right? right? And so we have that that brings in deal flow. Um, and typically those deals come into one of our acquisition team members um, who then books, you know, uh, an appointment and then we go out in person do an evaluation make 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 an off-market you know offer on a property um we attract a lot of rehabs a lot of busted up houses a lot of banged up houses 
um, a lot of houses where people don't know, like they have title issues or something else they don't know how to deal with, right? And we can, you know, help them through that process and get them a good offer on their property. People think like the investor, like greed thing gets into people's heads when they think of investors buying houses. We just respect people, make them a reasonable offer, right? Um, if the house is in perfect, perfect condition, it's probably not a deal for us. Well, that's exactly right. Yeah, you're, you're, looking, you're looking for opportunities where you can buy something below the top of the market, obviously, because you're not just buying it for to live in, you know, you're buying this, it's a, it's a business for you. And then this year, the auction started to open back up. And so we started buying more from auction, but we just kept the off, off market, offline marketing, stuff, yeah. you know, continuing, continuing to run. So we find a deal. Once you make a deal, make the offer, right? We rehab it, we fix it. Um, what's crazy about our process right now is our lenders are lending us anywhere from 80 to 90% of the money to buy the property. So like a $100,000 property, we're only paying 10, 20 grand to buy the property. Let's say that same property needs a $100,000 rehab. Um, the bank's also paying for a $100,000 rehab. And so we're literally in- So you're able to borrow that 100,000 yep. for the rehab as well. Yeah. And so we're literally in for, you know, $20,000 of our capital from our investors, right? On a $200,000 project. Now, now let's say that property doesn't have to have some crazy insane margin, right? Let's say it's worth 250, right? And so now we have, we're in for 20 on a $50,000, you know, return on investments, pretty insane. Now, all the seasoned investors are like, what about FUD factor? Guys, I understand FUD factor. There's closing costs, there's real estate right. fees, there's mortgage points on the loans and there's other things right but you know our average you know individual real estate deal itself makes anywhere you know from from 50 to to 60 percent right now which is which is crazy now people are like well how have you made 36.7 percent last year 30 plus percent this year because a lot of other costs the advertising marketing costs right. to bring the deal in and other things chew that up right but but you know all our returns are after our read has made our money all the, the published returns are all the money the investors are making, the investors right, yeah. have made. And then we rinse That's and repeat. That's a net, a net return. That, yeah, yeah, net return. Yeah. And we rinse and repeat, and we do the process over and over and over. And so my goal is if I can cycle the money twice in a year, right, which means I've invested the same capital into this property, sold it, and then that I money cycles property, and goes yeah. into this property and, and does it, then, then I'm making higher returns. But we also hold and build a portfolio so that we have cash flow, we have income, coming in every single month. Well, when you so, when you say, are you talking about the, the houses that you that you flip like? Yeah, or? there's houses yeah, we okay, flip yeah, and houses There's houses that you like also. Yeah, I was wondering about that because I wasn't Because well, sure. we're reading the market. Yeah, I knew, you, I knew you held and rehabbed and then rented back out to people at high, you know, at, at market rates because your in cost was, you know. Yeah. And that's about, that's about 40% of our business. Okay. And that that's a machine that runs in in five different cities across America, and you know we're looking to you know we'll start the sixth and then the seventh city. We right. can run it in hundred cities, but that machine works and it never stops. Um, our biggest city is Philadelphia. We just happen to have our longest running, you know, best best team there, right? And I'm sure saying, some yeah. of our other teams are like, well, we're going to catch them and be there. Right? <laughs> well, but, you know, we, set up a little competition. We, you know, we've had we had a month in August where we did thirty deals. You know, in 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 Philadelphia. in Philadelphia, just in August, and huh. you know, but but then there's another portion of our portfolio is made up with like the uh, I call them like the randoms, right? So funeral home, daycare, right. um, and then our multifamily, but small multifamily, so like six plex, four plex, nine plex, right. ten plex, You're not right? Into the big two hundred plex type. The of numbers things. don't make sense right now. 
They might in the future, but but big commercial is for lazy money. And that's what I've always said. Like A-class office buildings is for lazy money. If you want to make a five-cap return, great. Thumbs up for you, right? I'm not interested in losing 15% because I only <laughs> made 5% this year with inflation, right? So, uh, I, and, you know, our returns, I think, you know, will continue to accelerate 2022 beyond what they are now because of, because of inflation, right? Yeah. Our returns we have right now aren't inflation returns. They're like we built that during what you see now was built during the pandemic, Right now it comes to out right now. And then what we're building right now, you'll see come out in 2022 and beyond. And so these action steps, it continues to accelerate. And then, and then our farms. And so the other, you know, 30, 35, 40% of our, our portfolios are income producing farms, which is where the American survivalist project is. Right. Um, so we, we find farms that aren't run correctly, that aren't managed right, that can produce a lot more income. We go and buy them. We get the income pumped up in them. But then on top of that, we take our American Survivalist Project and the monthly income that comes in from that. And that, that kind of is like... People on those. That, yeah, it's like that. steroids. It boosts the income tremendously because in the world today, you know, people love that project. And it's just, you know, we we never planned for that project. It just... It's an interesting idea. I mean, because I know... just took off. I know a lot of people. I mean, I know personally know several people that, that moved from... Southern California to like Idaho and they wanted they wanted to like that kind of be off not off the grid all the way, but they wanted to be able to like to be self sufficient, you know, and in case something So me personally, happened. I have no interest in being off the grid. Me right? either. <laughs> I like I like the grid. <laughs> I, I you know, for me, I um I like my good food. I like <laughs> restaurants. I like my, yeah, so do I. I like <laughs> but I also want to have insurance for my family. Right. Yeah, you and want, I want to have. Never know. When so I want to have my place to go to. So no, and don't get me wrong. I mean, we have you know a year supply worth of food at my house. We are <laughs> firm believers yeah. in in preparation in gun rights. We are firm yeah. believers in <laughs> you. and and you know. But at the same time, you know, I don't live a life that is led by fear. Yeah, I but think, I have. Yeah, that's. But we are prepared. For the worst scenarios. Yeah, I mean, I think that, that that's exactly how I am because I, I mean, you know. if you don't think there's weapons in space, just... <laughs> well, I mean, if here's here's the deal, like with here's how I see it, like I don't anticipate anything like that happening, but I didn't anticipate like cities like Seattle and Portland to also not have police yeah. at some point during this past, you know. The last like, during twenty twenty, you know, I didn't, during you know, the whole pandemic. I mean, it was a, a lot crazy. Of, so. A lot of, and this is going to maybe offend some people, but a lot of people who believe in hardcore gun control wouldn't believe that the cities with the strongest gun control have the highest. Oh, of course, yeah, no, that's the highest. Death, that's just the the highest that's just fact, yeah, right. And and like <laughs> like in my uh, holidays and my you know my family, right? They got into a gun conversation with the Kyle Rittenhouse thing, and I'm just like. Please don't engage me. Please don't bring this up. Because I just want to yeah, have a great joy away. Yeah, exactly. like, we just I'm, enjoy I'm this. And, but I'm like, just, you know, come at me with a statistic that means we shouldn't have guns in America. And I'll listen to it. Yeah. But until you give me some kind of fact that we shouldn't, then. But anyways, that's my own opinion. We don't need, yeah, to, we don't no, need to dive it's deeper. It's okay. No, I, well, I mean, it's important, though, because it, it's, it, that's, it sets a kind of a self-reliant mindset that you have. I think that that translates to your business as well. And not just the survivalist thing, but the entirety of the business because you're not relying on, you know, 
other people to make your decisions. You're looking, you're, 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 you want to raise capital through like this offering that we're mm-hmm. talking about that I'm, that I've presented to my, my, my readers. Uh, and, and I, I remember I asked you, I said, well, why do you, you know, you're a successful company. Why do you need to raise this capital? And I loved your answer. He's like, that's our business model. You know, the more capital we bring in, the more properties we could buy, the more revenue we can come, you know, we can generate from those properties and the more, the higher our share price goes. But it's, it's also our model from the very beginning. So my first real estate was failure, right? I, I couldn't get a deal. I couldn't find deals. I didn't know, like, cause, cause I listened to, you know, whatever get quick rich crap was out there. <laughs> right. And, and, but then I found a good partner and, 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 and their names were John and Rachel and they were really good partners. And, and they knew the business. I didn't know they're better at the business, you know, than, than, than at that point I could even imagine being right. And I added something to what they were doing. Right. And, and, and they were my first partner. And then I did real estate over here, you know, while I did my consulting business and I consulted real estate companies and real estate thought leaders and real estate, you know, investors and those kind of things for a long time. Like a full immersion thing in the whole. whole And, and, and eventually I started saying like, well, enough of this, I'm going to go ahead and educate and train myself. And so I kept doing my real estate and, and, and I did my education. And then eventually our investors came to me. I mean, our students came to me and said, Dutch, can we invest with you? And I was like, first I was like, well, that's like a lot of weight on my shoulders. And I went, yeah. eventually that, it wasn't a long time because I believe in being service minded. And I said, okay. And so originally it was like 20, uh, one investors that were on one of our, you know, buy experiences or buy trips, right? And 20 out of the 21 invested with me. By the way, four years later, the 21st invested with me too. And, and his name's Ron Johnson, right? And I, I love him because he's, he's a member of the Secret Service, right? And he did a lot more due diligence than most people on us. Yeah, before, I bet he did, he yeah. And great, great guy, right? And we, I mean, he's been invested with us now, you know, five, six, seven years, something like that. And I mean, great guy. And, and so they invested and then that's when we kind of, when we opened the first fund and then we kept doing that. And, but we realized we kept running into these walls of raising money because of regulations. And that's why we became a REIT was to overcome the regulations. And so our whole model is, you know, we raise money invested into real estate, that real estate makes money. We pay our investors and it's a mutual relationship. And so I've just found over the years is just the model, you know, of business that we created and I love it. Because I think, first of all, I'm the largest investor in the REIT. I'm the largest investor in, in our funds. See, that's that's important because you have to have skin in the game, as it were. But it's more fun for me when it's like I'm a team sport guy, right? Right? Like, so right. played baseball, coach. Yeah, you're baseball. a baseball. Like guy I just for like the leg. It's your it's early more years, it's right? more fun for me. Like in, I mean, maybe it's just like I tell my wife, if you tell me nice things, if you give me affirmation, I'll do anything for you, right? And it's like <laughs> I I feed off you know our investors being happy and satisfied and. I learned a long time ago, making the money is not enough, right? You have to, you know, satisfy them in different ways, right? And so like where our investors are happy is like our transparency calls. So like every month we do, you know, investor calls where they can all ask questions and we talk about deals and different things. And then there's other things, you know, that I've just realized over the years, you know, we, in the beginning, we just did paper statements, you know, and every quarter they'd get a paper statement and, you know, that was how they, they got it from accounting. And now... You know, we had to do online. It's not things. as engaging as, as, yeah. as it is. That they, we had to know. make it digital. We had to make right. it online. And, you know, we're working on an app, you know, right yeah, now. Cool. And 
you know, even though I'm a real estate guy, I'm aware of addressing the needs of investors at all times because the investors, you know, everything's fuel. And so for me, I've always just been a collector of resources. And so the investors are fuel, the real estate is fuel, and then that fuel together, you know, makes money. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, that's the thing, like, um, I mean, you're a, you're a lover of business. You know? I think it's fun. It's so do I. And that's the thing. I mean, that's what I always tell people in the newsletters too. Like if you're not having fun, like straight to these, these companies and doing, like, you don't need to be a, you don't even need to be a subscriber because we're here to have fun. And, and obviously we're making, when you're making a lot of money, you're having a lot of fun and you're making the right choices, but you're not always going to make the right choices. I don't know. Making you know? a lot of money can screw up a life. Yeah, that's true. So if you have, but if you have your foundation, if that's all, it, if that's all you're yes. interested yeah. in, yeah, like, like, can. like you are who you are, right? So if, like, right. like if you do what's right, like, so, like, we give the Joshua House as a part of our our read, right? Yeah, so it's yeah. a for abused, neglected children. Yeah, I know. I'm familiar with that. And Amy and I are my Amy's my business partner. Those he he knows about Amy, but you guys don't. But Amy's this incredible woman. Not my wife, her name's Vanessa, but, but Amy's this incredible businesswoman. My wife, Vanessa, is an incredible businesswoman. And, but we give to Joshua for abuse and neglect. We're both adopted parents, right? And we just believe in, like, I believe there's a calling. And, I, and people would be like, you think this is a crazy calling, but like some people are meant to serve in church in different ways, right? Some people are meant to go and give food out, you know, on Sundays and, and you know, for the homeless, right? I believe I was meant to build abundance so I can put money behind good causes and good fuels. And I just kind of believe that's my purpose on earth is yeah. to be given abundance to put it to work and put the abundance to work in good ways. So it's I try to live a purpose driven life in that in that sense. In that sense, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. I always yeah, tell I our employees and team, like, let's not forget what we're why we're here. It's easy to get caught up in numbers, real estate, returns. Yeah. And I think, but but our we're here. To serve our investors, and that's that's well, what I it's and, and, exactly and, right. And, our, and there's a cause and a purpose, like to do great things for people, because too many times people can run into BS, too many times people can run into crap, and and you know not only are we not that, but we've gone beyond regulation, audit, everything else to make sure that people could feel amazing about making that that step. That's interesting because that's how there's a there's a famous line in one of my favorite novels. And it says, says, in order to get things done, you have to love the doing. So, I don't know. know. Most people like don't, most people that get things that don't, people, if people get things done that like doing what they do, you know, you obviously like doing what you do. You live and breathe it. I get a lot done because I love what I, doing what I do. But I just as easily will do the shit that I don't want to do as fast as humanly possible. <laughs> well, there's, like, there's just like, there's stuff that you got to do. Like, bro, life. Like, you just got to like, do it. <laughs> like this morning, we got a, like a comment letter from the SEC, right? And like I'm getting ready for our interview and, and different things, right? But like like last thing I so I, I, I'm not complete opposite. I don't like writing, right? Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I had to review pages and and edit things and like ten different things this morning. To make sure they immediately had you know the responses back right, right? Right, right and what we have is like in 2020 we had a five percent guarantee and and i want to have a in 2022 i want to have a five percent guarantee again and but to do that you've got to go through a lot of red tape with them and and 
And I say red tape in the way that like they're just they're doing their jobs. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But we on our end, it feels like red tape because we've got to do a lot yeah. of things to prepare for that for them. And so we're just working through those. Yeah, pieces. but somebody, the thing is, uh, like I know people complain about the hoops and stuff that they have to deal with with any regulatory agency. It's understandable, but they're there for a reason. Well, but so that, Olympus so like, is you know, a tall mountain. Yeah, there you go. Right. Exactly. So if like Olympus is a tall mountain, so if like if I want to climb Olympus, I'm okay with every hurdle and every obstacle yeah, to get to the yeah, top. That's of the a mountain, good way so, to put it. Yeah. yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, I like I, that. you better know that going into it. Oh yeah, exactly. I mean, that's like anything in life. If you're not willing to do like the dirty work on it, you know that you have to do like the. But you got to embrace the pain, right? Well, yeah, so, you definitely have to embrace the pain. It's just like it's like worth working out with anything, any hobby. And that's yeah. part of that's that's part of the kind of the Renaissance man ethos is knowing that good things in life aren't easy. You know, they're usually like pretty damn hard. But if you love the doing, you can do it. Pretty, you can, you know, you're going to be good as long as you're like put your mind to it and like try to, you know just live it all the way a lot of times people would just want to dabble in it they oh i just want to make some money whatever it doesn't work that way and you got but you, you got to be awake yeah because it's true because and i don't know if people understand what awake means i'm not like saying like woke culture no i know right? what you like, mean you're, at you're, all you're just, you're being you conscious, focused consciously awake means like you can see i was listening to uh iron man what's his name uh and and uh Joe Rogan, what's Iron Man? Oh, Iron I, the Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. I was listening to them talk. And they were kind of talking about like life's kind of like there's like a rope. And like kind of like you got to understand like when to pull, when not to pull. Yeah. You have to understand good how, to reach, how to let, let it come to you and different things. And I, if I'm, I'm butchering that segment, I'm sure. But, <laughs> but at the same time, like I was kind of understanding like in life, if you're awake, you can see when to pull and not to pull. But if you're asleep... Right. And I, what I mean by sleep is like you're burrowed down in the sense that like you can't hear anything, you can't learn anything, you can't understand anything. Like the more I learn, the more I know I don't know. Right. Exactly. The more I understand, it's, the more I understand is out there. And, and, and that's very good. And it doesn't always mean at the same time, there's hardcore discipline in what I believe. And so just because I hear something or something comes doesn't mean it's the truth. And so the ability to discern the difference between truth and non truth is like, well, it's a it's, big, pro it's, it's crazy. It's a big project for everybody because yeah. there's so much stuff. And you're never stop being on that journey. You're never going to stop playing, trying to, trying to, you know, corral that rope, mm -hmm. you know, unless, you know, and then when you do stop, that's when, that's when it's over. You know, <laughs> that's when you just got to let somebody strangle you with the that's rope. That's when boredom comes. Yeah, exactly. So. Nobody really wants to retire. No, I don't. I know. I tell people that all the time. Like, when are you going to retire? I'm like, never. I'm having too much fun. When they make me stop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I, I yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's yeah. Just, uh, even, if, even if when they make me stop, I'll probably still try to do it. You know, <laughs> at least I'll do it in vain. <laughs> we'll have to set up our own little, you know, yeah. organization. Pod. So exactly. Okay. So, so I'll wrap it up here. I'm but, ADD as heck too. <laughs> my mind never stops. So I die. I, <laughs> we have that same thing in common. <laughs> so tell, tell my listeners exactly if they want to get involved with your company. They can actually invest in your company directly and you don't have to be a accredited investor or anything like that. I'll have some links on the, on, on my, you know, on the site here yeah. But tell people exactly where they go and exactly how they would go about doing that. And, um, and tell them how to, how they can get into your, into your, uh, into your world. 
Yeah, I mean, just click on the links, right? That's easy. I mean, you'll be on the raddiversified.com and there'll be a forward slash, right? In order to make sure that, you know, you're directly able to, you know, invest from from where we are today with the relationship and 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 the world. You know, the, the bottom line is, is look, we're going to be there every step of the way. We never stop working. We never stop fighting. Um, I love our investors. Our investors, you know, create a unique dynamic relationship. And, and you know, I think we've been doing this a really long time. And, you know, Rad is... A unique team of people you know my longest term you know leaders inside my business my leadership team have been with me you know you know most have been with me six seven eight years longer you know i you know our, our it goes so much beyond me you know i i love what i've been able to inspire but it's gone so much further than what i what i am you know today so you know for us you know we're sec licensed i mean not sec sec qualified we are audited um, our returns have been incredible the last couple of years. I have to do the past performance doesn't indicate future performance stuff, but you know, we're going to keep pushing and driving. The economy is going to change. Inflation is going to keep hitting markets going to change and, and we'll keep adapting and we'll keep investing and stay on the cutting edge of what the world is. You know, I'm looking forward to where office space and the metaverse is heading in, in 2022 and 2023. And you're going to keep doing our core, you know, base foundation values the entire way. And, and, our survivalist project is, you know, it's interesting. It's like it's like an animal all on its own with, you know, how it's producing income and stuff. So you know, I look forward, you know, just continuing on the journey. And if, you know, you guys, you know, see a company that you, you know, think that, you know, you want to take more time with, just, you know, go to the website. Um, we believe in crazy transparency. So we have addresses to the properties we own on there. We have um, income statements. We have P&Ls. We have uh, sample investor statements. We have testimonials from investors that have been with us a decade to investors you have the, that you have podcasts as well too like podcasts. Be a very interesting you know i mean we're here in your studio doing this so i encourage you. what's the name of the podcast so it's uh explore wealth so it's it's you know our rad you know diversified is is, is our company right you can get it through there and yeah you can, it's the rad podcast explore wealth nice. yeah so, um yeah. and so you can go on spotify you can go on you know apple all that stuff all the, yeah you know all the, all the different same places you find this podcast yeah dutchman go see them both thanks my man playlist yes put it yeah put it put it alongside uh alongside this like this podcast on your playlist hopefully i didn't bounce around too much yeah you did good all right. thanks man all right, all right. thank you for listening to the rad podcast an exploration of wealth for more information please visit our website www radiversified.com we'd love to hear from you please leave us a review and let us know how we're doing 